In today's show, we're going to be looking at the Dallas Mavericks from a fantasy perspective for this upcoming season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Let's talk Dallas. We spoke earlier with Nick Angstad of Locked On Mavs from a local perspective on this team. Let's talk about them from a fantasy perspective right now heading into that. So let's start with their uh, their schedule. And how things looks for how things looks. Try again. How things look. That is the correct English phrasing for the Dallas Mavericks. They have 53 quality games. That's really good. That's a big, big chunk. It's one of the best. It's above average in the NBA. They also have a league low 12 back to backs. Obviously, that's very impressive too, especially when you're dealing with Porzingis. Porzingis. Who I don't think is going to routinely sit back to backs, but when there is a heavy load at some point during the season, Giggity. he will sit some of that time. Um, but 12 back to backs is great. In the default Yahoo playoffs, they have 11 games, a 3 4 4 schedule, pretty good. Not the 12, but 11 is pretty good. And then in my recommended situation, they have uh, 10 games, which the best is 11 in, in that time frame, ending March the 20th, a 3 4 3 schedule for the Dallas Mavericks. So overall, a pretty good fantasy schedule. Good quality games, low back-to-backs, pretty decent playoff schedule as well. And everything seems to work. To be working pretty well, I think, from a schedule perspective for the Dallas Mavericks for this upcoming season. So that's uh, that's a positive. We all love to have positives in our lives. Let's look at pressure points. What can change? What can go wrong with projections? The starting lineup talked with Nick earlier on. He thinks it will be Reggie Bullock, but it could easily be Maxi Kleber in that mix. It could be Dwight Powell in that mix. And how they run that does change things because the more that um, Bullock is in that starting lineup, that means Dorian Finney-Smith pushes up to the four, which helps his field goal percentage, his rebound numbers. It pushes Porzingis to the five, which I think does help his block numbers a little bit as well. And I think that's where he's most effective from a fantasy perspective as well. But it also improves or decreases the, depending on which side you're looking at it, the deeper league value of a Muxy Kleber, of a Reggie Bullock, of Dwight Powell. So there is that fourth starter has, oh sorry, fourth starter, fifth starter for the Dallas Mavericks has a really big impact on a lot of different things with this squad and how we're looking at them from a fantasy point of view. The center rotation outside of that is also really intriguing. Porzingis is best position center. Muxi can play as center. Dwight Powell is a center. Willie Cauley-Stein is also a center. Boba Marjanovic is a center. And of course, Moses Brown is on this team. I have no idea how Jason Kidd is going to run that center rotation at this point. Maybe he starts Moses Brown, plays him 25 minutes a night, and plays him next to Porzingis the whole time. I really doubt that, but maybe he does. Maybe Dwight Powell, as Nick suggested, is traded for the iron shoulder Goran Dragic. Maybe Willie Cauley-Stein is dumped. I, I don't know. Maybe they run three centers a night and play them Scott Brooks style, 15, 17 minutes each. There are so many unknowns with that center. And, and Brown could come in, could really impress and get big minutes. I don't believe that with Moses Brown. 
I think the C Parter was in a great situation last season in Oklahoma City where they didn't care about winning. He was actually bad defensively on court, so they just played him more minutes. He put up some big fantasy numbers, but now he's on a real team, a real team that's trying to win and a real team that's got plenty of other options at center when the team he was playing on didn't. Didn't have any other options at all. So, But that could, that could change a lot. Dwight Powell could play 28 minutes and be a nice field goal steals guy. Cooley Stein could come in and be a high field goal percentage player. And Brown could be that option. It won't be Boban, I'll tell you that much. But there are a lot of different options there. And then Tim Hardaway Jr. Last season, he was quite bad to begin this season. And then, down the stretch, absolutely red hot. So which one of those Timmies do we get? Do we get the one that's good? Or do we get Tim Hardaway Jr. from the beginning of this season? Because his value comes in two categories. It's points and threes. And if the field goal percentage and three-point shooting isn't there, then both of those categories fall off. And he goes from a back-end guy around 11, 12, 13 sort of player to being someone who is a waiver-wire type guy. So I think you're going to have um, yeah, some real interesting situations with their, um, with their rotation, with the big men. We don't know exactly how they're going to run things here. It's very hard to draft a Brown, a Cauley Stein, a Kleber, a Powell. And Hardaway's that deeper league guy who can he could push to be a top 80 player or it could be outside the top 160. So there are a lot of different things on this Dallas Mavericks team which can actually go wrong depending on how Kid runs things and how these players' individual play looks as the season, uh, as the season moves on. But if you're sweating thinking about drafting Moses Brown or taking Tim Hardaway Jr., you might need Sweatblock. Sweatblock is the doctor-created, doctor-recommended product that you use to help reduce excessive sweating. Nobody wants to be in a situation where they're in public, they're at work, they're presenting uh, in front of their office, manager, in front of whatever it is, and there's big sweat stains under their arms. Nobody wants that. Sweatblock is the answer. It is the product that is stronger than most clinical antiperspirants, and you can just put it under your arms, and you feel pretty safe and uh, relaxed. With that dry shirt guarantee, you should feel relaxed because you got put it on at nighttime before you go to bed, wipe your pits, go to bed, sleep, wake up the next morning, have a shower, you're off to work, and sweat wipe, sweat block covers you for up to seven days. Maybe it's twice a week you need to put it on, but it's not an everyday thing. It's a couple of times a week maximum for Sweatblock to cover those embarrassing sweating issues. So go to sweatblock.com right now. You can save 20% by using our promo code LOCKDOWN. You can also buy it from Amazon. You can also buy it from CVS, but hey, save 20% and go to sweatblock.com and get yourself 20% off with our promo code Locked On. All right, guys. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've also got your neighbor's login for some other that good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. All right. What are we going to talk about now? Let's move on to the next part of this show and let's look at breakout candidates. And it was really hard, to be honest, to find a breakout candidate on this team. Is Pozingas a breakout candidate? Is Doncic a breakout candidate? Finney Smith? Hardaway? No. None of them are. The only guy I could find was Tyrell Terry. And that is that is a really long bow. Terry played under 60 minutes last year. He was out for basically all season with personal issues. We don't know what they were, and it's not our business to know what they are. 
but he's back. He shot 31% last year, didn't hit a single three, and averaged one point per game. There is no world in which that is not shithouse. We know that. But in terms of a guy that could step forward and take minutes off guys, and really, maybe he developed into a sixth man. He's got to get ahead of Josh Green. He has to get ahead of Sterling Brown. Um, he has to get ahead of um, yeah, maybe Reggie Bullock, maybe Jalen Bronson, Trey Burke. Like, if that all comes together, a guy that was taken really at the pointy end, the real top end of the second round, maybe that can all come together for Tyrell Terry. My faith in it happening is absolutely zero. But if I had to choose someone to break out and go, ah, shit, maybe that's why he was picked so high. Maybe Terry's that guy who can leap ahead of some of these other guys on the roster and become an option who maybe hits one and a half threes in 15 minutes per night. But Jesus, if we're relying upon Tyrell Terry, I think things have gone uh, pretty wild. Now, just before recording this, Yahoo went in there and updated their rankings. Bless them. Absolutely fantastic. I wonder where they got the idea to update their rankings. Anyway. So, Kristaps Porzingis was previously ranked at 79, and I, in the mock draft yesterday, I banged it home. How ridiculous it was that he slid that far. They've come in and said, uh, Josh, Kristaps, fantasy managers, kids, cover your ears. Fuck you, Kristaps is at 33 now. And at 33, I don't think I want to draft him. So he was a massive sleeper. Now at ESPN, he's still at 73. And at Fantrax, he's still at 102. So we're drafting him in those formats, 100%. To me, he's a guy you take in the 50s or 60s and maybe there's top 20 value. At 33, I will almost definitely let that be somebody else's problem. So no way. No way that we want Porzingis at that number. Absolutely no chance. They also had... And I don't know why you bother putting out a ranking list when in four days' time you go and adjust it so aggressively. Um, almost to mirror the basketball monster rankings. But anyway, Dorian Finney-Smith comes in from 283, which is where he was, which was a ludicrous number for a starter who was, where was Finney-Smith ranked last year? 137th. Now he is 129th. He was originally at 283, so they've bumped him right up. So he is no longer a sleeper. Tim Hardaway Jr., was at 167. They've actually pushed him out to 168, so he remains a sleeper. He's more of a sleeper now on Yahoo. Interesting that they did drop him back a little bit in those rankings. Hardaway was the 155th ranked player last year, but played just 28 minutes. I think he gets more minutes this season, 30-31. And, and best case, I think he can finish as a top 80 player. Reggie Bullock, 285. I think you know, Reggie Bullock was 163rd last year in 30 minutes. I think he's going to be a starter. I think he's going to hit two and a half threes. And I think he's going to be at least a 14-team league guy. Maybe a 12-team streamer, but at 285, actually it's 287 now that they've updated it. Um, tremendous, tremendous value still with Reggie Bullock. He was a guy that they've actually, yeah, they've dropped back a little bit. Now, Maxi Kleber was at 237. They've dropped him back to 239. So they've made a couple of aggressive changes and then the other guys, they've just dropped back a little bit, weirdly enough. Kleber's at 237 on Yahoo, 236 on ESPN and 235 on, on Fantrax. Weird to see them yeah, right next to each other like that. Actually, oh, now they've, they've screwed it up by putting Kleber at 239 on Yahoo. But Maxi's a top 200 guy, maybe top 180. Could be top 150. He really fell off with some of his shooting numbers last season. He could really, really take a step back to being fantasy relevant this upcoming season. Do not rule that out. Maxi Kleber can be a useful player. He's going to have to demand 28 minutes a night, which again, with um, Bullock, with uh, Corley Stein, with Powell, with Brown, with all those guys potentially cutting in, it's going to be hard to do. But I still like in a deep league. A 20-team league is at 237, 239, whatever it is. Yeah, love it. 16-teamer, sure. 14, I'd consider it for Kleber. 
But there are uh, some changes made there, and that, that is worth mentioning. Now, in terms of fantasy busts, I know you're going to look and see Luka Doncic there and get Josh, what, what are you talking about? Yahoo had him, uh, has him ranked at three, which they didn't, so they've bumped him up to three. They had him like at nine, I think, so they've bumped him to three now, so he's uh, on ESPN at three and Fantrax on two. In a points league, let's get this straight. In a points league, taking Luka Doncic in the top three is a great move. Absolutely no problem with that at all. Last season in category leagues, Luka Doncic was the 16th ranked player. I think that he is, if you don't include punting, I think he's like a 10 to 12 guy. As a punt guy, and, and I think you absolutely have to be punting free throws with Doncic, you ha- he's in that top eight. Taking him at two, or three is not what I would be doing. To me, you're looking at uh, Jokic, Curry, Giannis, Harden, Towns, Durant, Jokic, uh, sorry, Doncic, Lillard. They're, the, they're your top eight. Taking him at two, Doncic, taking him at two or three is a terrible use of resources in a category league. Now, people love him. They think they're going to take a step forward. And maybe he does improve his free throws. There's a real possibility. But if he doesn't, the guy that you want in that punt situation is probably Yanni. People were burnt last year taking Doncic at number one outside of points leagues. I warned you ad nauseum not to do it. I'm warning you again. Do not take Luka Doncic in the top two of a category league. Love Luka Doncic. I think he's awesome. He's unbelievably good. But his low steals, low free throws, sometimes poor field goal percentage, low blocks, means that he cannot compete at that top two, top three in category leagues. Yeah, sure. Punt situation, no worries. You draft him, you draft him at eight, seven. You don't want to take Durant because of injuries and risks. I understand that. You're worried about Towns a bit. You shouldn't be, but you are. I get that. You want to take him at six, no problem. The difference between six and seven and eight versus one, two, and three is vast. I think under no circumstance do you take Doncic ahead of Jokic. I don't think you take Curry ahead of him. I wouldn't take Harden, and I wouldn't take Giannis ahead of him either. But... Fantasy sites continue to put him too highly up in their rankings, as you see, 3 3 and 2 across all the sites. And while I hate to say that Luca is a bust for fantasy, because he's not, it's all about context. It's all about draft position. It's all about league format. Points leagues, you take him at one, love it. No problem at all. Take him at two, go for it. Knock yourself out. Three, might be a steal. In a category league, yeah, I think you're insane. But that is, uh, that's how it is. That's how, I, that's how I view it. Anyway, let's look at some deep league flyer. Type guys. You can either talk about deep league guys or last pick in standard leagues. I think the C parter is worth looking at, Moses Brown, in a deeper league especially. But if we see in preseason that he's starting next to Porzingis, which I don't know that's going to happen, but if it does, then you go, shit, yeah, let's take him with that last pick. The depth is still there. Powell and Cauley Stein and Kleber, they're all still there. But if he's in that role where he is that number one player and he plays 24 minutes, and I think there is value in it. Then Kleber, again, is a deeper league sort of player who is significantly undervalued based on um, your current fantasy ranks. Reggie Bullock is a nice deeper league guy, 14-team league player for threes, as we talked about already, with his draft rank being too low. And then the burner, Jalen Brunson, just really, really solid. Now, his value could be completely yeah, toileted if Goran Dragic arrives, but he could also move out in a Goran Dragic trade and become the backup point guard in Toronto. It'd be interesting to see how they run Trent, Van Vliet, and Flynn if Brunson does go there. But he's a really rock-solid backup point guard who, when he's elevated into a starting role due to injuries, he does tend to put up pretty good numbers. So there are some interesting 
deep league flyer types on this team. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I'm sure you're all well aware of that. And if you haven't by now tasted them, you got to get it. You got to do it. You got to get yourself a Built Bar. Great flavors: coconut, cookies and cream, orange, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter. Whatever your favorite flavor is, you can find it at Built Bar and get a mix box as well. The nine standard flavors, two of each in a box of 18 bars. But they're not only delicious, because they are delicious. They are also healthy. 130 to 180 calories, 17 to 18 grams of protein, four to five grams of sugar, and four to five grams of net carbs. And you can get them at a discount, 15% off at built.com. But only if you use our promo code, which is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. LOCKED15 for 15% off the best tasting protein bars ever. Built Bar, go to built.com, use that promo code, and hey, get yourself some delicious protein bars. Guys, it is time for football. College football started. Pro football is just about around the corner. And if you want to put your betting knowledge to the test, Bet Online is the place to do it. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Be sure also to take advantage of their opening night super promo. Make a bet on the opening night game Thursday, September the 9th between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, you get your bet refunded up to $25 for new customers who sign up using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. All right, so let's go through the rest of the players on this Dallas Mavericks team. We've talked about Dwight Powell and that center rotation, him and Willie Cauley-Stein already. Dallas is an interesting team with those two real high-end guys, Doncic and Porzingis, and then no real other top 100 guys. There is a top 100 option with Hardaway, and there's a late-round player with Finney Smith. But yeah, Powell can, will have moments of being fantasy relevant because of his steal rate and his ability to have high field goals. Cauley-Stein can block some shots and have high field goals, but I'm not sure there's overall enough minutes for him in there. Sterling Brown's probably going to be in the rotation, and he can be a player that generates steals and hits threes, but the role is going to be so low, I think. And Trey Burke won't play most nights. Boba Marjanovic, if the million guys go down and he plays 20 minutes, then we know he can be a streamer for one day, but in general, he just can't play enough. You've got Josh Green, who I think Josh, maybe I should have put Josh Green in the breakout player situation, because I think heading into his second year, there is a, an area for him to develop and become a good wing stopper, but Bullock and Hardaway Jr. are ahead of him at the moment. And he still has to be... And Finney Smith, of course. And he has to be able to be a push ahead of those guys and then push ahead of Sterling Brown. Uh, the green versus brown battle for those uh, last rotation spots. I think it's going to be on in earnest, but he's not really much of a of a fantasy option. And then their two-way guy, Eugene Omaruyi, who I really don't think will play all that much. Um, that rounds out their squad. So it, it is really just those two players. A couple of other later round guys in Finney Smith and Hardaway. Uh, and Bullock as well, I guess you can keep in that mix. And that really does it for them from a fantasy perspective. If spewing that Porzingis' value has been nullified on Yahoo, it is still there on Fantrax. It is still there on um, on ESPN. While Doncic, I think, again, for category leagues, remains too high. They're, they're probably your biggest takeaways. They also, um, there is still value in Tim Hardaway, 
who is I think about right on ESPN, but uh, is too high on on uh, sorry too low on Yahoo. And then Finney Smith, they've, they've uh, nuked his value as well. So hard to draft him with much upside as a later round pick for those deeper leagues. That'll do it for me today. Uh, don't forget follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Hit thumbs up, leave a comment, subscribe, and hit the bell. There's so many shows coming. We did the, the show with Nick earlier. We're going to do a Pistons season preview with Kukail, which you'll see after this, and then a Pistons fantasy preview as well. Tomorrow, we've got position tiers. There's mock drafts coming. There's so much stuff going on, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.